everyone. Thank you for coming to our panel today. So glad to see everybody out this early. Thank you. I'm sure. Uh, we really appreciate it. We understand that there's a lot going on and a lot of hangovers to be had. Um, I don't have a hangover, but I'm quite sleepy. Certainly. Sure you don't. And, uh, <laughs> I don't have a hangover. I didn't drink. Well, I had two beers last night. Mm, go me. We don't, we, don't, we don't condone that kind of behavior. No, no. Um, my name Please is Arthur Trout. This is my lovely wife. Hi, Michelle Trout. Like the fish. I still love hearing her say that. I don't like fish. No, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, And we're going to start off talking about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer role-playing system, um, which is much like the Angel the Vampire role-playing system. Um, They function on the exact same dice mechanics, and everything works the same, so we're just going to talk about this There's actually a separate Angel role-playing game, like Buffy? They've got five books. It sold more than the Buffy one did. Yeah, uh uh-huh. It's because people are confused. We're doing that panel next, <laughs> not now. Uh, Spike sucks well, Angel bites. We're going to get up here and duke it out over who's better, Spike or Angel. And, and poor <laughs> Arthur. I, I think what we're going to I have to be on the winning side, and it's a terrible shame. He's so delusional. He's, he's, he likes Angel, and I like Spike. So. So, but we're not doing that yet. We have a wonderful audience You're right. Here, You're right. He would like okay. to know about the uh, scope upon which people get to actually role play. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. The nifty thing is the way it works is it's a single die roll. You get one d10 plus a static attribute modifier. Um, and like most modern role playing games, you add a basic attribute to whatever your skill or additional modifier is. But it's a combination on the fly system. So the GM gets to say which attribute and which skill you add together and add to your die. What? Six. Six. Yeah, strength, dex, con, intelligence, perception, willpower. (laughs) One of the things I love about the Buffy system, no one has a charisma score. (laughs) Your charisma is actually your charisma. (laughs) Now... It just gives people something to soak so they can have more dex. Yeah, that fits. fits. You don't always, um, um, just real quick, you don't always just roll one D10. I remember when I was playing the Buffy game uh, last year, um, I I had a whole handful of die that I would roll. It's like, rah! Yes, but honey, that's because you were playing with a GM who loves to modify the rules. Oh, that's right, yes. It's actually a very easily modifiable game, apparently. And designed for that purpose. It's in the forward. Excuse us, one of our minions is calling. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, just come back. Okay. <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. We were about to call it. Um, <clears throat> so. I know, right? I know. The basic mechanics, you only ever roll 1d10 unless you spend a drama point, which I was going to get to at a later point. Is that like the theatrics points? Or? Yeah, like they're the, they're the points, mm-hmm. the spendable points. An like action point, a drama point. That's the best part. You get them very rarely. Mm-hmm. And you so get like them. James Bond, the points you get at the end of that, or Star Wars? Very Star similar. Wars, uh, the Star Wars D6 role playing where you get the... Yes. Those. It's like those. They're like karma points, except you get them specific specific things. Sometimes you will have a character flaw or a character trait, 
that says if you can yeah, accomplish like, this, you will get a drama point. Like, yeah, Other than that, it says your GM can award drama points if you. Good role play and stuff like that. But specifically, it says entertain your GM. That's how you get drama. <laughs> points. Right. And if you're a snarky smartass like me, you get a lot of drama points. That's one of the best well, things. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's one of the best things if you know how to work your GM. It's written very Buffy style. Mm-hmm. It's done way for the point of being fun. Oh, yeah. And um, the freedom that you have as a player is actually pretty good because it's a, open, it's a very open-ended system. Um, it's got a very small preset skill list that sort of has to do everything. And then you have three whatever-the-hell-you-want slots for skills, so make it up if you want. If you want to have another skill that's not in the book, go ahead and do it. They're like, chances are it's covered by one of these skills. If it's not, make up well, a like, new one. Very small, like 10? No, like, like 20 or 30 skills total. Like, shooting, you know, things like that? Or yes. How, how, you know, okay. Like, um, like crime. Crime? You know, crime covers everything from lockpicking to stealth. Also covers knowledge of crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. exactly. You know, right. there's... Um, there's uh, gearing, which is any kind of mechanical repair. Okay. Any kind of mechanical repair. Um, stuff like that. So there's very broad skill set. Specifically because they want you to get to the part where you're having witty banter and killing vampires and whatnot. Um, and the, the system is designed so you can play characters from the game. Mm-hmm. Or you can make brand new characters. I was in a, a game where we did an alternate universe. Um, we were keeping the continuity of the original show in the comic books, but we went a little bit further and said, like, have, you, have you seen Buffy? All of it? Uh, I haven't seen all of them. I, I watched a lot more of the earlier episodes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, they kind of do um, actually do that, and they do it by, do you mind some spoilers? They do it by activating all of the slayers, all the potentials, all the girls who could be slayers. They find a way to activate them all and give them all the slayer power. So now there's a slayer army. And in our game, uh, what we did was we said that that was always the first plan was to get all the slayers activated because that effectively ends the slayer line. No more slayers are born. And then because there always has to be a balance of good and evil, more slayers means more demons. And the demons overrun the world. And it gets to a point where the only people left are Buffy and Willow. And Willow casts a spell so that um, Buffy was never chosen. And so my character, Asha, was chosen instead. But Buffy was still around and Buffy still had the memories of when she was the Slayer and she has the memories of the alternate timeline. So we got to go in and I got to be the Slayer with my own ragtag group. But I also um, got to have Xander and alternate universe Willow on my team. And, you know, my Slayer was supposed to be given to Giles, and they didn't get along because Giles, even though, you know, well, no, no, I love Giles, but Giles knew he was supposed to be with Buffy, and it was, it was a really fun game to play, and it was fun to, to play with the NPCs as the Scoobies. That was good times. Hi, welcome, welcome, good morning, thank you for coming. I want your ice cream. <laughs> It looks like pretty good breakfast ice cream. That's way better than I I had a bagel (laughs) with some egg and bacon, and I kind of wish I'd had ice cream instead. I'm an adult. I should get ice cream for breakfast. 
I think I might be going to hunt down some ice cream after this battle. You might. Hi, sis. So. Is that Totoro? Oh, the huge manatee. manatee. That's awesome. So. (laughs) A quick recap in the Buffy game. It's okay, honey. In the Buffy game, um. You roll 1d10 and add a static number to it for your success. It uses a lot of the modern tropes of role-playing, where you have an attribute and a skill. You add those two together, and then your die roll. But there are conditional modifiers up the wazoo in this game. It's meant to be very fast. You make your character fast. You role-play fast. You're not going to spend forever doing calculations upon you know, how you're going to increase your stats mm-hmm. or what works out to do this or that. Unless... You're the one doing the combat mechanics, which is why we're not really going to go into that, except to say, oh, my good gravy, are the combat mechanics complicated. <laughs> yeah, the mechanics are really just there to let the cool stuff happen. Um, the interesting thing is combat itself is only reasonably complicated, but... And I, I'm a I'm a rules lawyer. Yes, and he is. Creative rules lawyer, but oh I gosh. love complicated <laughs> uh, mechanics. So I never got to play Starfleet Battles. I'm f- familiar with it, but um, we're generally D and D and Earth Dawn. Love Earth Dawn. Yeah. Oh my god, but. I'm actually in a 4E game right now, Fourth Edition D and D. And the only reason I'm enjoying it is because the GM is just fantastic. He's a comedic improv person for a hobby, for fun. So he's just brilliant and hilarious, and it's great. So anyway, back to the Buffy game. I'm sorry. (laughs) I will get my phone What I was saying, one of the nifty things about the system is if you don't want to get all complicated with it, you don't have to. And Are you you looking for the the Whedonverse role-playing or Six Degrees of Joss Whedon? Theme park. Yeah, 129A. This is B. Sorry, guys. Have fun. They have a huge list of combat maneuvers to draw from. And you pick which combat maneuvers you want, but there's no limit. So you could just take all of them and then choose when to do. And the the cool thing is, so like, if you do a kick, it's slightly different damage than if you do a punch, or which is different if you do a haymaker, which is different. No, it's about on par with that. Yeah, and oh, that's oh, just and then, it. And then the nice thing, like we mentioned early, the, earlier, the system is easily modifiable. The game I was in, we didn't use the damage and combat system spelled out in the book because it was like the GM was like, I'm not going to sit here and spend 20 minutes calculating each one of your hits. We're just going to do this basic, simple <laughs> one. And it worked out just fine. And it was designed so that um, people get multiple actions every round. And you have to decide how many actions you want to take. And you can choose to take as many as you want as long as you've got initiative left to do it. Mm -hmm. Because you get an action on your turn, and then you can take another action at minus two. But two points later, you get it, and then everything you do is at minus two. And you can do it again, two points below that, but everything's now at minus four. And you can do it again, two points below that, but everything's at uh, minus six, yada, yada. Human maximum technical is 20, but if you have a 16 dexterity, you're like, at least your guideline, right? Let alone 18 or 20, which is actually the human maximum. 
Yeah. That's one of the nice things about the Buffy system. For one thing, godlike is on the character sheet mm-hmm. um, because there's gods. So it, that she can happen. God. Um, that's, yes, in Buffy. She's not in Shredding, you know. But, She's um, not like you and I. In Buffy, there is no max. There's a maximum human, but because of the character types and the fact that anyone can suddenly become not human anymore. Yeah, yeah. werewolves, vampires, demon-blooded, magical strength, what the heck ever. There's no actual preset limit on your attributes. It's it's different, and we'll get to Sonority in a little bit. Let me finish up on Buffy here real quick. <coughs> Sorry. Um, we got over that, we got over that. Oh, and they, they use the qualities and drawback system for, like, slights and errors, merits and flaws, whatever you want to call it. Drawbacks. And then drama points are the greatest thing in the world. Um, one to three mm-hmm. per session. And it's, yeah, um... You're expected to get at least one every time you complete an adventure itself. You're not guaranteed a drama point every session. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, you can get really upset if you don't get a drama point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're not necessary. It's not quite like D20 Modern where certain skills say you have to use a drama point to do this. It's not like that. They're just that extra bit of oomph. And the cool thing is, in the, book, in, this, in the book itself, it explains, if it's really important to your character type, you can use more. Normally, you can only spend one. But if you have what's called a critical character uh, crisis, you can spend any drama points you have on that for one action. But only that one action. You can't say, I want to spend like five, and then I want to spend three. No, no, no. You have to spend all of them on this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that varies by mm-hmm. honey have, you want to go on that? Um, I don't remember <laughs> I, don't I do recall. not recall it's, it's been a couple years since I played was it last year? I don't know <laughs> well that's just it uh, my my friend Brandon, who used to role play with us, he would spend maybe one drama point a session at most. So after a few sessions, he had a w- pretty impressive pool of drama points. Um, I very, I would, I would spend them in big bursts. We're like, this is an important pi- fight. I'm going to spend a drama point every single round. But the other thing is, in the book, it specifically states the GM cannot let you spend drama points if it's not important. He says, if you get into a bar fight for no reason, that's not part of the drama. You can't spend a drama point. If you want to impress a chick who's just some random chick and lift a car, you can't, you can't spend a drama point to do that. No. Um, now, if, if you finally have an opportunity to um, make a big splash and show the girl at the office that you've had a crush on for five years that you're really smart, you can spend a drama point. Because it makes sense. It's very important in the game. Hooray. Uh, the other cool thing is the success level table works both directions. Um, because it's a static system, you add your die roll to your uh, set skill, you know, the numbers increase, and then the benefit that each success level gets you makes a big difference on your skill rolls or your damage. 
So you could have um, a normal, average, incredible, uh, stupendous even, <laughs> extraordinary, outrageous, superheroic, all this kind of levels of success that then get you different benefits in the game. Um, this makes the biggest difference in combat, which I guess I should probably touch on for a brief moment. Um, we already talked about getting multiple rounds uh, or multiple actions per round and how that works. Then rolling to hit is simple enough. It's an opposed roll. You roll your kung fu or your um, firearms against the opponent's dodge. If you hit, uh, whoever whoever uh, beats the score beats. Um, meets is different because if it meets, then whoever spends a drama point doesn't get shot. If you both spend a drama point, you then have to re-roll. <laughs> Um, I killed the master in one round with three hits when I played. That was awesome. But I also had the big sight. And your dice were rolling very, very well. They were. My dice were were. loving me that day. Um, If I remember correctly, D10s explode in this game too. Yes, yes. D10s do explode in this game. So if you roll and it rolls a 10, you keep rolling it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, love that. And I I just rolled a 60. Does that hit? Yes, yes, it hits. Not unlike Earthdawn, no. And that's one of the nice things is with the success level table, you can have your white hat and then roll your D10 plus 5 because you're a particularly good white hat, and then you roll it again, and then you roll it again, and you're like, 37? (laughs) Does does that hit? Look at the success level table and go, (laughs) that's... Mind-boggling! I just did mind-boggling. This is I, I think that's how I took down the the master. I because of the the way my character was, I got three attacks per round, and all of my attacks exploded, and he was dust, and it was awesome. And then they were all mad at me. They're like, "You weren't supposed to beat the master in one round. We didn't get to do anything." And the rest of the players are like, "Come on!" I'm like, "No, he's dead." Yeah. Uh, the combat system differentiates uh, between combat types pretty extensively. Um, bludgeon damage versus pierce damage versus fire damage versus blade damage versus bullets are all calculated differently. It runs on a, sim- a relatively simple formula. No, you... Damage accumulates... Um, instead of having hit points that go down, you have damage that accumulates. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, and then you start taking negatives, depending on how much damage you've taken. And eventually you can't move and then you die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot like modern video games. Um, and then because of the different calculations that the damage runs, that's why a lot of people just don't bother. Um, which is kind of a problem in the Buffyverse because of things like vampires. Your face is a problem in the Buffyverse. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about Serenity. Okay. We can talk about Serenity. So you guys okay if we transition? The, sure. And the panel a little bit early since we do have a hotel issue to take care of in between panels. We have one right after this, Spike versus Angel, and uh, we have to be checked out of our hotel room before the, before our panels are all over for the day. Did you have a question? Charging us money. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, cool. Welcome. Come listen to us <laughs> nerds about role-playing. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> so 
The Serenity game was made by a completely different um, publishing company than the Buffy game. It runs on a drastically different um, statistical system, but it was also designed to be very quick to jump into and make a character for. Um, It's got a much larger skill set to pick from, but there's simple archetypes that you can jump into, and whether you want to go all out on the skill set or just grab a preset archetype makes it much easier. Um, But the skills are categorized, and then each skill... Uh, like you have covert skills, craft skills, discipline skills, weapon skills, like that. It's pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a more akin to yeah, yeah, where it's got a billion skills. They're categorized. No real skill cap, technically. Oh, there's a lot of overlap of skills and. At the gym's discretion, you can get a bonus on that. So, like, if I put five skills into artistry and I put five skill or into artistry dance, I put five skills into um, athletics, aerobics, or whatever, I don't know, uh, and I use either one of those, I'm going to get a bonus from the other. It uses it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's very 3.5. It's very D&D 3.5 in its synergy style. Um, and then instead of having drama points, they have plot points, which work exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. On average. Um, pretty much the same way. Except plot points give you 1d6 because uh, the, the Serenity game actually uses a step system similar to Earth Dawn. It starts at uh, step one is a d2, a coin, and then it goes up from there from D2 to 12, and then uh, once you get to step 7, which is the first time you get a D12, you add a D2 to it, and then you know the steps overlap from that point forward. Okay. Yeah. It should be noted that the Serenity role-playing books are no longer in print. They're very difficult to find. We got lucky, had a friend who happened to have a book on him. Couldn't find my Serenity book. They, <laughs> they have some months. licensing issues, and so they can't print or sell them anymore. So finding them is impossible. Not that many. Like I want to say it was a 20,000 run, yeah, something like that. It's run. really small. Yeah, and I mean, you can still it. find the Buffy books. Before I knew, before I knew that they were out of print, I would see them at like uh, Bookman's or something, and didn't never cared. And then, then we needed it, and all of a sudden, we're like, sudden, nope. Every used bookstore was empty. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really nice about it is it is very similar to the Earth Dawn system. Mm-hmm. It uses a step table. It mm-hmm. uses uh, success levels and difficulties so that you can know ahead of time what you're shooting for. So if your difficulty is a 7 and you roll a 5, you didn't do it, but you came close. You might have something else happen. Mm-hmm. If your difficulty is a 7 and you roll a 12, you're probably going to do something really awesome. There's going to be some other benefit to it. And Go ahead. Um, that's listed as an optional rule. It's not, it's, whereas in the other one it says this is a rule. 
this is an optional role in Serenity. I have never met a GM who wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, I have met GMs who put caps on exploding dice. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't re-roll more than three times or whatever. But I've never met a GM who's like, no, I refuse to let you do that. Because when you're not... Unless you're using like a static die system. Mm -hmm. Like uh, on the D20 system, there's specific rules for when you hit a 20. Um, You don't roll it again and add, which I would be fine with. (laughs) I would be fine with just doing that. But they don't have success levels in 3.5 or... 3.0 or even 4.0. It's just not part of the system, so there's no real benefit. You might roll the d20 again and still fail. Whereas if you just say, my d20 hit, so I'm guaranteed to hit, and then whatever, that other thing. I'm not going to go into a and d thing here. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong system. But this skill system is remarkably uh, remarkably in-depth without being too complicated, and I like that. Um, it's very good for letting you feel like you're in charge. You would actually probably really like the Serenity system, honey, mm-hmm. because I would like to play it sometime. I, I know, I know that. Yet. I know that you love putting the points where you want them. Oh to go. God, that's one thing I don't like about Fourth Edition. <laughs> is I mean, Fourth Edition is very dumbed down. It's it's D and D for you and your dog. <laughs> no, it's D and D for you and your pet rock, really. <laughs> It's wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's World it's, of Warcraft. And I like, I love, one of the things I loved about 3.5 was being able to build up my skills. Like, I'm going to put my skill points here and here and here. And now it, it, that's not what it, that's not how it works. It just increases as you increase and you yeah. don't get to, and I just, every, oh. every level you get new stuff and then mm-hmm. you end up literally, it's like playing the video game because you end up getting cards yeah. that you put in front of you. Like the, yeah. I mean, like like I said, if if you have a good GM, it's a great game to play. Yeah, but, but that's regardless of the rules. Yeah. So is rock paper scissors. <laughs> rock paper scissors lizard smock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the uh, point of the thing. Um, let's see, we were talking about uh, the way skills works. Skills do overlap. We mentioned that um, they have uh, uh, trained versus untrained skills. Um, there's I don't remember there being the multiple actions in this system like there are in Buffy, though. No, no default skills, but they do have backgrounds. Both systems. Pretty much, yeah. Both. But that's just, yeah, and that, that's why they do that. The way, because it actually has the uh, difficulty system, if it would be considered a painfully mundane task, then you don't have to roll for it. And if you have a background that would give you a reason to know about how to do that, then you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And they they both have backgrounds. Like you can say I was a cop, or you can say I was a jock, or you can say I grew up on a ranch, and then you'll actually get skills related to that. And little uh, flavor text stuff. Thanks for sitting with us. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, like like Kaylee as a character um, would have had the mechanic skills and knowledge skills because those also bonus with each other, related knowledge skills and um, task skills, and for both mechanics, shipbuilding, and and electronics actually. Um, and then she also would have probably had a couple of basic skills related to living on a farm, at, le- at the very least knowledge skills. But she's a wonderful example of someone who has – she would have the ability to drive a thing. She probably could ride a horse, but I wouldn't guarantee it. But if you give her a needle and thread, she's not going to do anything, mm-hmm. even though she grew up where everybody else, especially girls, were doing that. She's not going to have any idea. Well, Kaylee, I would argue that. Have you seen her jumpsuit? She did all that that, that stitch work. Kaylee did that? Yeah. That, have you seen it with the – especially in her firefly suit or, or the Serenity outfit? She has an embroidery all up the sides. It's all intricate flower work. She did that. You mean the actress? Well, no, not not um, not Jules Stady. So the character actually that's in universe. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. Yeah. Right. Hey, watch the f bombs. I had no clue. Okay. Hey, I, I have to be responsible somehow. Uh, well, okay. uh, I, I asked because without seeing, without, I mean, I, there are digital scans that I did. No, no, it was authorized, but then because of what happened with the movie, um, it was uh, it was authorized by like Joss Whedon himself, mm-hmm. and then people who had uh, who had rights to this Serenity universe, and then which is slightly different from people who have rights to the Firefly universe, mm-hmm. got into an argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then... Yeah. Yeah, it's the Superboy thing all over again. <laughs> so... So, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So because it's the same universe, nothing's being published right now. Um, and the publishing house actually changed their name twice so they could try and circumvent this because they had things saying, this publishing company can no longer make this book. So they said, we are not that publishing company anymore. We're now this publishing company. Nope, not going to work. <clears throat> not the Serenity universe. Actually, the other way around. Yeah, because they're the same dang universe. And they're like, but you didn't pay us royalties. And they said, but... No, they wanted... They wanted royalties. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you, no, no, you're, you're entirely right. They wanted, they wanted an upfront payment, and they also wanted a certain percentage of the royalties afterwards, which... The, well, no. you're right, but that's just it, is they were riding on the edge, and they were already paying royalties to one company, and then they would have to pay royalties to another as well as an upfront sum, and this was a tiny little publishing house that wasn't making any cash. Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. 
Uh, oh. Oh, no, no. Um, the ship rules. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You had a question? The ship rules are actually really cool. Um, I'll be right back. Okay. What's our time at? Uh, we're about five after okay. 11. We're going to we want might, to call it soon. Yeah, we're going to, because we have a hotel issue, um, if you don't mind. <laughs> I mean, if you wanted if you wanted to come up and look at the book while he runs over and takes care of our hotel issue, I would be glad to sit and let you fuck around. Okay. 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 The ship rules are surprisingly surprisingly accurate for to be honest what I expected. The whole game is much more in-depth mechanically than I thought it would be. While without losing any of the flavor text, the writing of the book feels very authentic to the show without dumbing down the actual game mechanics, which is really cool. Well, I guess the one of the questions I had at the beginning was what what's the scope of what the players can do? Are they basically like you can. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, you could do whatever the heck you wanted to. You could. <clears throat> yeah, it is still within the universe, though. And, and you can look at it in a ver- variety of ways. You could play as a uh, squad of Alliance Commandos who are taking care of drug runners and um, underground smuggling rings on the Outer Rims. You could do a... I got, but but that can be an ongoing game. I've I've done military games like that, and they can be really fun. And by the time you get that far out, it stops being quite so boring. And there's a lot of drama that can happen in a in a well-run strict military game like that. An alternative, I played a scientist character. Um, it's more fun to be a criminal in the Serenity universe, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, uh, but I played a scientist character, and I ended up without even knowing it, ending up as the lead character on the game. And there was no smuggling going on. There was no thievery going on. It was all just weird shenanigans. And it sort of turned into an almost um, like Monster of the Week show where I ended up making, yeah, an X-Files kind of show. I ended up making these two monsters by accident. And then we took, I hired these people to take care of the monsters for me. And then someone else had monsters, so they contacted one of those people and they found me because they're like, we need to find a way to deal with this monster and find this monster. So then it sort of became this weird, yeah, exactly, this weird sort of X-Files show in the Serenity universe. And it was really fun. I can see that. No, that sounds pretty cool. Um, that, you know, that's like, what is the thing is with games, is, so often I've seen games where it's like, over the years, where it's just like, there's just no scope for the players, you know, because the players are always, you must have really tight, they're rarely like, they always want to, Somebody's got to be the, I the rules lawyer or whatever, you know, the uh, uptight, and then we have the, I just want to go off and do, Pixie wants to do whatever, so I want to kill things, I don't really care. I mean, the, uh, Aaron Allison's classic. Yeah, and that's, but, and that happens, and that even happened in that game. We had my friend Brandon, 
He just wanted to. Ha he just wanted combat. Okay. But um, because it's both a sci-fi setting and uh, old west setting, you can easily do anything you would do in an old west game or in a sci-fi game. Um, you can do the investigation thing. You can do the mad scientist on the edge thing. You can also um, the best the best setup that resonates the most is when you in some way duplicate the ragtag team with a boat with a boat uh, of the show because that that way you get to planet hop and you can have the most variety of stuff. One of the more fun things that I only got to play once with some strangers, um, and I sat in as a bassist. They were a traveling band, and they would go from planet to planet playing concerts, and adventures happened to them a lot. And that was that was their whole hook: is they would show up, and then it was kind of like a Doctor Who thing, where they would just show up, and then they'd either notice something or something would happen to them, and they would have to get into adventures. And it was really cool. And um, so, you know, like they were talking about how one of them was uh, a ghost miner, was like terrorizing this town. And it was an actual ghost miner. And they had this whole Scooby-Doo like adventure. And then the, the next one, they had an issue with, um, uh, it was an intrigue thing with like the mayor of the town stealing money from people and whatnot. And, and it was really cool how they could do that. And then before that, they had a, a fake alien thing where this guy was essentially um, running a protection racket on a mid-level planet with the threat of aliens by just cr having technology that they weren't familiar with, like duct taping tinfoil to his own ships in space and saying, there's aliens out there. You need me to protect you. The Alliance doesn't care. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty clever. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you for coming.